This is the Aftermarket Radio Network. Hey, hello world. It's Carm Capriato. It's Aftermarket Weekly here on Remarkable Results Radio. God, we so love to do that. I don't know about this guy who's on with me. You just saw his picture, Jaron Kleber. Jaron, how are you, man? Hey, Carm. I'm doing well. Appreciate you uh, having me on as always. Hey, man, you've been a world traveler. I know you've been getting out a lot. Yeah. Let's see. The last uh, 10 days, I think I've been in my bed twice. I leave uh, this week to attend a trade show later this week. So it's good stuff. It's par for the course. Will I see you there? I think you will. Uh, Darn right, I will. ASTE, can't wait to see you and so many of my friends. We'll have our studio there. Hey, we're coming to you, recorded on tape from the Dorman Training Studio, which we sometimes call my Carm Cave. So glad to have Dorman Training here. As a great sponsor and partner on the show, Dorman Products creates hundreds of new automotive replacement products every month. Part of what makes Dorman so unique is their ideation of new and innovative products. They have dedicated teams all across the U.S., Mexico, and Canada looking for new product ideas. Since every solution starts with a problem, these teams of researchers, field analysts, product specialists, and contributors consistently visit repair shops and make field calls. Now, this is to best understand the problems the industry is facing. In certain cases, Dorman will manufacture aftermarket replacements so you aren't forced to go back to the OE. Other times, experts take it an additional step, further solving what made the original part problematic in the first place. Solving for a problem is what powers the innovation engine at Dorman. Dorman Products has become an incredible engine for innovation. They are constantly bringing new replacement parts to the automotive industry, and they routinely release tens of thousands of parts across all different categories. Now, why do they do all of this? To enable technicians the freedom to fix their customers' cars and trucks. To do this, Dorman has dedicated teams focused on different aspects of the vehicle to ensure that they are meeting the needs of the aftermarket. Although a lot of their parts are reverse engineering of original equipment, they also redesign and redefine solutions such as their loaded knuckles or programmable electronic power steering rack. Dorman has invested in these OE Fix innovations to help you save time, your customer money, and prevent vehicles from coming back to your shop. In certain cases, Dorman will manufacture aftermarket replacements so you aren't forced to go back to the OE. Hey, want to know more about Dorman? Visit dormanproducts.com forward slash tour. Thank you, Dorman. Hey, Jaron, I know our topic is five steps to max your potential and maintain a healthy work-life balance. Well, there's an awful lot of words to explain these. I'm burned out. What a grind. Oh, God. There needs to be a better way. What am I doing wrong? And how about this one? Can I sustain this pace? <laughs> and so I have to tell you, in my all my years of being on this earth and and working my butt off to advance the aftermarket. And I mean, I probably have said some of those things to myself more than a few times. And I think it's so critical today that you're out there preaching this stuff through Repair Shop of Tomorrow. Jaron is the national sales manager of Repair Shop of Tomorrow, a NAP Auto Care endorsed program. And it's great to see the great awards you are winning and RSOT are winning and uh, being out there preaching, if you will, the gospel of work-life balance. And if anyone wants to turn this thing off before hearing all this great discussion, shame on you. Keep grinding yourself into the earth. Well, appreciate the kind words there, the lead-in. It's kind of interesting, you know, because we live in a society where it's almost gotten to a point, right? Like if you follow some of these motivational speakers, it's almost gotten to a point where like 
you're supposed to be in this grind, right? Like if you're not working 24 hours a day and you're not hustling, you know, every single minute of every single day, you can sometimes get this perception that, man, I'm not doing enough. And it's really interesting because I've done some studies and you read some statistics, really successful people always feel like they're the ones that are most unsuccessful and that they continue, their best is never good enough. And so they're always continuing to get a little bit better. And then on the flip side, the folks that maybe aren't as successful, they're kind of content and they're like, yeah, I'm kind of good where I'm at. I feel like I'm doing well enough. So, you know, as we work with shop owners across the country, it's kind of an interesting dynamic. You know, again, the best ones are almost putting themselves sometimes into this nonstop working, grinding situation because they want to achieve this level of success in their own mind that might be unobtainable. I love what you just said. I got to stop because my mind's going a mile a minute about the words uh, assurance, the words confidence, the word are you content, the words are overworked. And I can't help but think, Jaron, think about if I had a coach or a mentor who was guiding me and just really helping me out and saying, listen, uh, this imposter syndrome, you're really doing good. And oh, by the way, we've accomplished a lot of good things. Where does the owner of a shop today, the leader, a manager of a shop, walk away with a really good feeling at night and not going home saying, I didn't get this done, I didn't get this done. I mean, and not looking at, we did this, we did this, we did this, we made these people happy. It's almost like we're dragging the negative. Yeah, it's one of those things that I think a little bit as society, we've kind of conditioned ourselves to, you know, you see the catchphrases, right? Money doesn't sleep and all these little buzzwords that you hear. But, you know, our job as a coaching company is to help you realize those goals, help you stay accountable, achieve those goals, but also really to give you the reassurance that you are on the right path. You are moving the ball forward. But the important thing is, is if you don't take time, you know, out of your business to be with your family, to really work on, you know, yourself, then ultimately you're going to get burnt out. And there's just no way that you can continue to grind and grind every single day and not experience some sort of burnout. And so, you know, when I talk to shop owners, I like to talk about, you know, we talk about SOPs. You talk about SOPs on this podcast all the time. You've made the comment, you know, Dave Justice, our president of Repair Shop Tomorrow, his middle name should be SOPs. Oh, and by the way, I've always said this. When I first met Dave and he was Mr. SOP, I said, my God, man, systems and processes, they win wars, right? They win wars. They gain share. They make people happy. I just love his passion for that. Yeah. Yeah. And so what we try to do, and again, I preach this all the time. Like you said, I travel all across the country and I think I'll eclipse a hundred nights in a hotel this year. And so I'm on the road sometimes more than I am in my own bed, but just like your shop needs processes and we need consistency. I'm a big believer that we need those processes and those consistencies in our life as well so that we can function at a high level. And I really think it all starts uh, in the beginning of the day. And so I just like to share a story real quick. What I see working for successful people, I, I see it working for myself, is just constantly having that consistency in the morning before I get to work. And if you think about it, most people, before they start their day, what is the first thing that they do? A lot of people hit their snooze button on their alarm clock, okay? Now, to me, this is just my mindset, right? Because I'm a believer in that our mind is what really makes us great and what's the difference between successful and unsuccessful people. So for me, 
if I'm hitting that alarm clock and I'm hitting that snooze button before I even get out of bed in the morning, I'm basically telling myself that I've already lost the day, right? The first task that I had to complete, I've said, I don't want to do it. It's too hard. Now, there's some interesting science really behind why you should never hit the snooze button. So if anybody is out there that is doing that, I encourage you to listen. So there's been a lot of studies done about this. And so what happens is, is in our body, when we go to sleep, right, Carm, we have different sleep cycles throughout the night. Okay. And so a sleep cycle typically lasts 75 to 90 minutes. So let's just say you wake up at your alarm set for six o'clock. Okay. And you go ahead and you hit the snooze button and you want it to go off at 610 or 615. Well, what has happened now is I think we've all been in this stage where 10, 15 minutes later, we wake up and we feel like, oh my gosh, this is the best sleep I've had all night. I feel so tired. This is the best sleep I've had all night. Well, the reason behind that is because we are only 10 to 15 minutes into another sleep cycle. And so the science behind that is called sleep inertia. And what they say is, when you do that, that affects the next four hours of your day. And so think about it as a shop owner, or a service advisor, or a technician. The busiest part of your day is typically the morning. And so do you want to put yourself in a groggy, negative state for the first four hours of the day when you are greeting clients, building out repair orders, doing inspections, and trying to set your team up for success. So my challenge for everybody is, is that if you are hitting the snooze button, just get out of bed, put your feet on the ground and go to work. Because if you think about it, it's really the easiest thing you have to do all day is literally get out of bed. Help me understand uh, if I snooze and I feel really good and I got a 15-minute jolt, if you will, in my mind, how that sets up the four hours ahead of me. I think most people feel that, you know, when that 10 minutes goes off, it feels like you've slept like this is the deepest sleep you've had all night. It feels like it. I mean, even though it isn't, I got it. It feels like it. But in reality, yeah, it isn't, right? Now, all of a sudden, it's we're up, we force ourselves to get up, but now we're in this like sleep inertia, this bad state. And again, I'm trying to figure out like in my personal life, and this is something that we try to help our clients with as well. I'm trying to figure out how I can have more good days than bad days. And I have a direct correlation when, when I have a bad day, you know, some of the adjectives, I guess, that you would describe my bad day is I'm tired, I'm unmotivated, I'm grumpy, maybe those are three adjectives. Well, if I'm not starting my day off in the right foot, then now all of a sudden, these things start to compound. And now all of a sudden, I start to project them on my employees. I also start to project them on clients. And so again, my whole goal is, how can I have more good days than bad days? And for me, it starts with getting out of bed. I do a little reading in the morning. I go to the gym. And then when I come home, I feel like I've attacked pretty much my day. My morning is started off in the right foot. And it allows me to be successful. And those are some of the things we try to we try to teach to our clients as well, because it's not just about having success in your shop. You know, we certainly need professional success, but we also need personal success so that we don't get burnout. You know, I don't want to belabor the uh, snooze button, but in my mind, if you hit the snooze button every day, it's irrelevant. I mean, you just, do you set your clock the 15 minutes or do you count on that? Oh my God, I've never had better sleep at all. I mean, I guess it's a psychological thing. It's a habitual thing. 
maybe everybody's not the same way. But for me, I'm a big mindset individual. And Admiral McRaven, he, I'm sure you've seen, he gave the UT commencement speech. He spoke at the 2015 Napa Expo. The thing he says you should do in the morning is make your bed. Because no matter what happens throughout the day, you've at least accomplished the first task. You've at least accomplished one task. And that's kind of my attitude on it as well. Like I said, I like to put myself in a, a positive state because life's hard, business is hard, and there's a bunch of challenges that we have and that we face every single day. And so it's just about getting off on the right foot. You know, starting on the right foot really is the big thing for me. It's brilliant stuff. I've never been a snooze button guy ever in my life, so I can't relate to that, but it makes so much sense to me. And if your job as a leader and you're listening to this, you says, well, you know, maybe that's the reason that I press the snooze button when I get in my car driving to work. I want to try to clear my mind because the minute I walk past that DMARC line and into my business, chaos. Yeah. And again, think about the beginning of your day as a shop owner. You could say the beginning of the day and maybe the end of the day. Uh, and of course, there's chaos throughout. But, you know, we really want to set ourselves up for success. If you're mentally, you know, not in the right place before you get into work, then ultimately that's going to affect your performance. Is maximizing, bring my energy level where it needs to be. Of course, I love your idea, reading, gym, I mean, all that in my mind, I can't imagine how strong that would be in getting you as an individual to be at peak performance. Where does coffee come in? I drink a lot of coffee. So do I. It comes in a lot. Now, what's funny is this is a complete tangent, but we've had conversations before and people who've seen me do presentations know I like to tell a lot of stories. There's actually been some studies that say it is as you drink coffee, it negatively affects you if the first thing you do in the morning is drink coffee because and I'm going to screw this up because but it's something with the receptors in your body like you're supposed to wait 90 minutes before you give yourself caffeine. And again, it was on some other podcast uh, that I listened to, but uh, I've seen that get brought up a few times, but I don't follow. If I don't smell that coffee when my alarm goes off, then uh, there's a good chance I might fall into that bad habit and hit that. It's funny you mentioned energy because again, I, I talk about that a lot when I do my presentations. And when I say energy, I always have to preface it because, you know, the automotive industry sometimes is you know, the training seems to be sometimes similar. And I start talking about energy management and people look at me like, what are you talking about? You know, I'm not talking about the sun or crystals or anything like that. What I'm talking about is things that we can control, right? And so from an energy perspective, we can really control, there's really four, but I always talk about, you know, the physical energy that you have and the emotional energy that you have. And so the physical energy is really just the quantity of energy that you have, right? So how much or how little? And there's really four things that affect that. It's food, fitness, sleep, and recovery. Now, the emotional energy, that's the quality. So that's really how you feel. And so if people that struggle with depression, anxiety, they're constantly struggling with that emotional energy side. But if you take it back to how you're starting your day, right, and we need the physical energy to be there, but we also need the the quality of energy to be there. Again, I think that has a direct reflection on how we set up our morning. Because when I don't do those things that I talked about, then all of a sudden, the quality of the energy that I have is not good, and I don't have a lot of it. And then I start to get into this downward spiral. 
where I don't want to make another phone call or I don't want to, you know, get this work done. And so it really all, for me, it really all kind of compounds. And, you know, you don't have to get up and go to the gym for, you know, an hour or five days a week. You know, that's what works for me. But, you know, simply going outside and taking a walk 30 minutes, three times a week. I mean, the effects that that has on, you know, your, the dopamine in your, in your brain and, and how that can help you, it's really incredible. And so I just encourage everybody, you know, figure out what it works for you and then apply that to your daily life, just like we would teach you to apply SOPs in your business and just give it a try and see what happens. A quick side note here. Today, when I releasing my Monday morning email slash blog, I wrote about music and I wrote about the energy that you can get from music and how music can literally change your disposition, your attitude, your everything. I can't help but say that if you're eh, not having a good day, sometimes your top 20 favorite songs can put you in a place you never thought of being. And if things are great and you want to celebrate yourself because you had a great day, things are going so well in your world and in your life, that top 20 song just takes you to Everest, right? And so there's so many studies out. You hit the word dopamine, and I think I wrote that in the article, as to how much you can be moved by rhythm and words. And, you know, I happen to like strings when I hear, you know, violins and cellos in songs. They somehow inspire me. So there's a lot of songs that I like. Electric Light Orchestra is a great example of a group that I really like. So in kind of getting on your energy side here, don't forget music. That's a great point because, like I said, I'm traveling all across the country for Repair Shop tomorrow. And and I'm doing seminars and, and training events. And I always tell people, you know, I always have to get when I'm presenting, I have to get to the room early because I have to visualize, of course. And I want to see everything in the layout and obviously make sure the technology is working. But really, I grab my earbuds and I put them in and I stand in the back of the room and I have my, my clicker and I play a certain song and I click through my slides and I'm kind of just... Going through the motions, clicking. I know I've already, I know what I'm going to say, but it's funny you bring that up because if, if people will walk in and they'll see me and, I, and I'll kind of like look off and acknowledge them, but like I'm in my zone. I need this to happen. I need this to happen. Yeah, exactly. Get out of my way. <laughs> I love it. I can't believe it. It's amazing how we're zenning on the same platform about managing energy and making an elixir in your life. And I always go back to being a leader and getting into that business and realizing the responsibility that you have to your people, to your clients. And to me, I'm built that that's an energy boost for me. It's almost like you can't wait. And I was being sarcastic when I say you walk in the business and the chaos starts. Frankly, if you let the chaos start, then shame on you. And that's what this whole podcast is about, is just figuring out how to get that behind you. So we got a great start going here. You know, one thing too, Carm, I think is important, and I'd like to get your opinion on it as well. So I'll flip the roles here maybe and ask you a question. You're interviewing shop owners all across the country, and you've put out great material about why it's beneficial for, for coaching for the business owners. And I love the article you did, the five reasons not to hire a business coach. I may or may not have used some of that in my... Uh, Sales pitches. Yeah, but you live it every day. But I do. You're right. I do live it. But are you seeing maybe a shift in culture 
when you're dealing with some of these really successful owners, are they spending more time investing in their people as well? And not just from a technical training standpoint, but, you know, I, I think our it's no shock. Our whole country is kind of in a mental health epidemic. If you kind of pay attention, it seems like everybody's got these problems. I was talking with a shop owner at Vision, a multi-shop owner, and he said, we really need a class on, you know, on this type of topic because he goes, everyone in my shop, every one of my technicians is on some sort of medication for anxiety, for depression. And so as you talk with successful shop owners, is that something that you're seeing a shift maybe where they're trying to figure out a way where they can invest in their people and not just their professional goals, but their personal goals? I hear more of it all the time, paying attention to what's going on in everybody's life beyond the shop. We cannot be closed-minded and say, you leave your problems at the door. You can't have your cell phone. Your life stops the minute you walk through. It cannot work like that. You're never going to hire great people. Why? Life is critical and complicated today in everybody's world. Everyone has a story and something that's going on in their world. A great friend of yours, Pete McNeil, I interviewed him. He'll be coming on in a few weeks to talk about an article that he wrote for Napa Insights magazine on the changing role of how we need to deal with, you know, some different and hybrid pay plans. Someone comes in every day at 8.15, they're supposed to be there at 8. It's a simple story to tell, but it's critical. How come you're here every day at 8.15? Oh, hey, boss, uh, sorry, kid just started school, wife got a different job, I have to take uh, my, my child to school. And taking that child to school will always get in the way of work, but it doesn't satisfy the eight o'clock start, and every one of their peers that they work with. So you sit down, you figure out, or if you can get here every day at 8.15, you're going to work till 5.15, we'll tell the team. You've got something going on in your life. And so if it's healthcare, if it's if helping someone get a house, whatever's going on in their world, the shift in the top tier shops in our country is to pay attention to their people. We've all said this over and over again on shows. It's not that we have a lack of technicians. We have a lack of really good shops for them to work at. And the better shops we get, the more they're going to gravitate to you because there's too many frustrated technicians out there that are languishing and not wanting and willing to make a move. We've got to broadcast this incredible industry to more people. I mean, I couldn't agree more. And, you know, like you said, it's the whole check your problems at the door, you know, scenario. Look, maybe it worked. 20, 30 years ago, maybe it didn't and it just didn't get talked about. But in today's culture, I am one of those uh, millennials. I do not live in my parents' basement, though. I do have my own house and my own family. I would save a lot of money if I did. But the work-life balance is so important for the younger generation. And I'm not saying you have to be a, a, a psychiatrist and you have to help them through all their problems. But just showing them that you actually care about them. And, you know, here's something, you're doing your reviews or you're, you're hiring a new employee and maybe there's a 30, 60, 90 day performance plan, or maybe it's a long-term employee. How many times do shop owners sit down with their employees and lay out professional goals that they have for them, but then they also lay out personal goals that that employee has for themselves? I personally, every year, I put down a list of professional goals that I want to achieve. I make them lofty because that's who I am. But really more importantly for me, 
I put down personal goals. These are things that I want to work on. And so, you know, I have them in my office, hanging on the wall so that I look at them all the time. And from a personal goal standpoint, I told myself this year that I needed to be present, be patient, and be positive, and that I wanted to unplug every single night that I was home from six o'clock to eight o'clock so that I could be with my family. And unfortunately, I struggle with that. If I was to rate myself this year, I would say I've probably failed at that. And thankfully, I have a team at Repair Shop Tomorrow that helps me and holds me accountable and asks me and invests in me and tells me, hey, when's the last time you took your wife on a date? Oh, you haven't done it this month? You need to go out and do that. And so as a shop owner, I challenge you. Yes, it's important that our business is successful. Yes, we need to make money. But it all starts with your people. And if your people feel like they're a part of a, fam a family, a community, and you're actually sitting down with them and you're holding them ac accountable so that they have a good work-life balance, I mean, think about from a production standpoint, from a culture standpoint, how much better of an environment that is for someone to come work in. Totally agree. Thank you for your transparency on that. That's incredible. So many of the things you're discussing here, there has been so much buzz on our podcast about that. And one of them of recently, I, got, I can't remember which show it was, we were starting to talk about deep think. And, you know, if you want to leave your problems at home and that's the stance inside of your business, they're going to be there if you like it or not in a stage that I don't know where I read it, but deep think, a deep think state. And that state is that you can't get your mind off the problems and the issues that you have. My God, we've done shows on substance abuse and, and all the stuff that, that cycles in our crazy world today. You know, if we have this eight and a half second attention span, which is what I continue to read that very many young people have, imagine if that eight and a half second attention span on this issue, this issue, this issue, this issue, think about bringing that deep think and then think about losing track on tightening lug nuts, loosening tracks on where was I, what was I doing, and the whole productivity and the efficiency and the, and the team play. I think it's, it's critical. Thank you for bringing that up, talking about, you know, having personal goals. I see how all of that put in some semblance of order of responsibilities as a leader, as a team player, have everything to do with work-life balance. You know, like I said, for somebody that, like myself, that travels all across the country all the time, it's, it's really important for me to, when I'm home, it's important for me to try to unplug. And like I said, be present and be patient. You know, I have a, I have a five-year-old son and a three-year-old daughter. And I came home from our conference. We just had our uh, Repair Shop Tomorrow Mastermind Conference in Cleveland. And I left on Sunday and I came home on Saturday. And unfortunately, I left again on Monday. And so I was telling my son that I had to leave again on Monday. And oh, by the way, I'll miss Halloween because I'll be at Apex and SEMA as well on Halloween. I took my son and my daughter to the park. He started playing with this kid. He, they just started playing and they were on the little jungle gym next to me. And I heard him say, I'm really sad. My dad just got home today and he leaves again on Monday and he's going to miss Halloween. It broke my heart to hear that, but it was a good reminder that I needed that, hey, look, it's really important as shop owners that we're successful and that we invest a ton of time into our business. But at some point, 
there's got to be that separation. And if you don't let it happen, it's going to affect your personal life, which then is going to bleed over into the business. And if you have that negative attitude, now all of a sudden your employees start to feel it. It's coming from you. If your employees feel it, well, then your clients, how do they react, right? And it's just a downward spiral. And so take a look inside yourselves as shop owners, as business owners. If you're working with a business coach, challenge them to hold you accountable to not only achieve those professional goals, to make sure that you have your personal goals in line as well. I love your point about having a mentor coach, someone in a networking group, a peer that you could count on to say, listen, you got to hold me accountable for this. When you hire a coach, it should never be an adversarial thing. Yeah, I know you're paying money and I know they're going to help you run a better business, but they've got to help you be a better leader and a better parent. And I love what you brought up about having your coach. If you know what your weaknesses are as a parent, even though you don't want to share it, you know, the wife says that about me all the time, but I'm unwilling to agree with her because it's a part of me I don't want to expose. Wrong. When my kids were 10 and 8, when Tracy was 8 and I sold the business and I went on the road for corporate America, wow, I credit her all the time. And I even tell the kids, I wish I was there more for you. And to your point about being present, but here's the reason that I'm saying all of this. Sometimes it is so hard, Jaron, to turn it off and you have to purposely do it. Yeah. Like I said, I purposely have to do it because I will stay on 24-7. So someone told me, I was in Philadelphia this past weekend and I was chatting with someone about a little bit about their career and, well, yeah, I was working for corporate America and this or that. And, you know, we were talking about airport delays and all this stuff. And the guy's telling me the story. And so, Carm, I finally got home. It was like two o'clock in the morning. I flipped up my laptop at three and sent an email so my boss knew that I was still on duty. And I looked at that person and I said, there's got to be a better way. There is a better way, right? But I feel like everybody needs a business coach. And I'm not talking just in our space and our automotive industry. If you look at successful CEOs, you know, entrepreneurs, they have somebody hold them accountable, you know? And of course, you know, if you're in the automotive industry and, and you're a Napa Auto Care Center, we would love to talk to you about Repair Shop tomorrow and how we put together our programs. But it's funny, the accountability thing, and you mentioned Tracy, there's a handful of us in, in the automotive industry that are around uh, the same age where we started a kind of a group messaging, a group, and there's like seven or eight of us in this group and every morning, it's like a race to see who's the first one to message and show that they are got, they've gotten up and that they're at the gym. And that's just turned into this fun little accountability that we have with one another. And when we were on the road, we'll like go to the gym together, we'll work out together. And again, it's just, you know, trying to put ourselves in the right spot to start the day. And I love that right spot. I mean, come on, everyone has a right spot. Yeah. So, you know, it's fun. And we've got people that are on the West Coast. And so they may get annoyed because, you know, us on the East Coast are sending messages at six o'clock in the morning and it's three o'clock in the morning, their time. But if you need an accountability partner, like I said, reach out to us. You know, we'd love to have a conversation. And, and again, our, our goal is, is to really help you be more successful 
not just in your shop, but just overall. I mean, the best thing that you can do for your family is and, and for your business, right, is to put the people in place that can make you successful so that you can spend the time that you need away from the business and really spend, you know, the time focusing with your family. Because at the end of the day, that's really what it's all about. You know, the money is a necessary evil. We need money to live. But if we just spend our whole lives chasing the money, we'll just always be chasing it. If we do the right thing, we put the right people in place, we're working with the right people, we'll be successful and the money will come. I think this was a perfect episode. I think there's a lot of transparency, a lot of honesty, a lot of emotion in this episode for all the right reasons. And I always think of, so what's holding people back, Jaron? I always think about that. This industry's got, when I started podcasting, you know, 8% of the top tier people. I'm hoping that I could really say because of everything that the industry is doing to become more professional, uh, better leaders, maybe we're at 18, 20% of the top tier, but there's so many more to drag in. And I know so many people in the industry, I meet so many at conferences, and I know that they're successful in their own rights. But inside, they, I believe, need to know that they need to go to the next level. They don't want to expose their weaknesses. 20-year veteran, successful, got a great business, nowhere as profitable as they should be, yet they're okay with where they are. And they could be 10 times better if they didn't want to expose what they don't know about margin and profitability and cost management and marketing and all of the KPIs that will lend itself to being a much better business. And so instead of worrying about exposing my weaknesses, I think the terms that people should use because they want to be better is to say just that. Hey, I want to be better. Instead of saying, oh God, you know, here, I just got undressed in front of you and look at what I don't know. Just saying, hey, teach me this. I want to know more about that. And they become a sponge. And all of a sudden, they say, you know what? Maybe having a coach isn't a bad idea. Maybe joining a networking group isn't a bad idea. Maybe being on this conference call or listening to Carmen's podcast isn't a bad idea. Look at the ideas that I can take. And I'm not saying it's a DIYer thing, because I think sooner or later, the DIYers who are out there absorbing this say, I better get a coach because I think I'll do more if I get one. Yeah. So, you know, I talk a lot about, certainly to your point, right? People are you know, I'm doing well, I built this business. And I always relate it to sports. You know, I like to play golf. Tiger Woods has had a golf coach since he's been three years old. He's arguably one of the best golfers in the world. And he still has a coach. And oh, by the way, he has a strength and conditioning coach, a putting coach, a swing coach, you know, a mental coach, everything. But I think what sometimes people struggle with is they they struggle like transitioning their mind, again, going back to the mind, from, from a fixed mindset to a growth mindset. So a fixed mindset, basically, it's what you come like, you think you come pre-wired out of the box, right? So I don't understand P&Ls, right? That's my fixed mindset, or I don't understand the KPIs that matter in my business. And what we need to help people realize is we need to switch that fixed mindset to a growth mindset, right? So in a growth mindset, we believe our abilities, we can achieve greater things through hard work and dedication. Sometimes I think that blocker right there is kind of stopping people because we let our past, we let our thoughts kind of dictate our reality. Guess what? Our past, our thoughts, like what we're thinking in our head, 
that doesn't have to be the future. That doesn't have to be our plan, right? We can implement these things that we've talked about. We can work with a business coach. We can learn new skill sets and we can become better. And for those that are willing to do that, those are the folks that come on your podcast, that are successful, that have a bay full of technicians, and will continue to lead the industry today and into the future. Great summary, man. So we started out talking about five steps to max your potential and maintain a healthy work-life balance. We probably covered 10, <laughs> but that's a great thing. Thank you for your great wisdom and sharing so transparently how you are making yourself way more successful, a better dad, a better husband, which is what this thing, what this whole thing is about. And uh, so we can stop being burned out and, uh, you know, maybe get out of our grind a little bit and stop asking the question, what am I doing right or wrong? But say, what, what should I be doing right? Excellent, excellent stuff. Well, Carm, as always, I appreciate you having me on and we appreciate what you do for the industry. I, I don't get to catch all your podcasts, but uh, I certainly have it uh, downloaded and I spend a lot of times in airplanes uh, catching up when I can. I appreciate it so much. And, uh, you know, while you're in the airplane a lot, you can, of course, like you say, you can download them and listen to them while you're in the air. Uh, Jaron Kleber, National Sales Manager Repair Shop of Tomorrow and Napa Auto Care Endorse Program. Thanks for your friendship. Thanks for being on the show, man. All right, Carm. Thanks you. Thanks for being on board to listen and learn from the premier automotive aftermarket podcast. Until next time.